Welcome to Breaking Women's Code with your hosts, Jasmine, Tamara, and Ashton. Thank you for joining us as we explore the topics to everything women. Sharing stories, bringing resources, talking to experts, and giving you the tools to empower yourself. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Breaking Women Codes. And today we're going to be talking about something that um, has come up recently, uh, more so than ever in, um, in the world, really. It's, it's kind of a worldwide subject right now. Um, and that's women's rights. Um, we will kind of focus more on the fact of how abortion is now becoming illegal. But at the end of the day, it is a lot about all of women's rights because we have none. We we have we have no rights. Um, with this abortion law c- coming through, um, the the three of us have discussed some things about it before, and I mean, it's just kind of made it more apparent to other women that we don't have rights. Um, that that this is this is one of the biggest rights that's been taken away. When realistically, um, it's not. it really really is not I mean if you look at the women if you look at women and our situation in general I mean if you look at the pay the wage gaps if you look at the women the medical system and how it's literally built around men domestic abuse and how we're never believed about rape and assault like come on literally so many of us are afraid to say anything because we know that there will be nothing that we say because they're just going to be like well what were you wearing why were you there why did you put yourself in that situation? I have so many friends who've been in that sort of situation, being assaulted and things. And I don't think any of them have really been to the police because of exactly what Jasmine said. It's horrible. Also, welcome to Bethany and she's joining us <laughs> on this episode as well. Hi. They, let, they oh. let me come back because, you know, this is this whole thing's enraged me. So, yeah. Bethany has joined us. I think the reason why I didn't actually introduce her to being here is because I'm just like, ah, she's here. Um, she's one of us. <laughs> um, but, she's just like a like part-time host now. But so yeah, we decided we were going to talk about this because um, this is a pretty big and huge thing. Um, that's been going around across the world. And we also want to kind of make it very apparent to to anybody who's listening to this, you're not powerless in this situation. In fact, you have all the power. You literally have all the power. The reason why these laws are put in place is to make us feel like garbage, to make us, to remove our rights um, so that we, so that they can try and take the power away from us. And when you put a whole bunch of women together, they have more power than anything in this world. Like women need to understand and they need to band together that we are the most powerful beings out there. Can I give a fun science fact? Yes, of course. So fun science fact. Actually, you guys should know this because I I talk about this in the Eaters Project. Um, But there's something called tend and befriend. So we are all taught the fight or flight response, okay? Women don't have that. We literally have the tend and befriend response because way back when, when we were cavemen and cavewomen, okay? we were the ones who were literally in charge of like protecting the rest of the tribe, like the kids, the elderly, all of that. It wasn't the men. They went off, they fought, they like got food, but we were the ones that were there. So during stressful times, we gathered together because we were stronger in numbers. Right. And the really cool thing is they've done a lot of studies that actually show that women 
if you have a solid group of women, right. To support you, guess what? Your cortisol levels, which is your main stress hormone drop by 50%, 50% guys. If you have a strong group of other women supporting you, wow. right? Crazy. Yeah. It's and crazy. also amazing. Yeah. yeah. So like okay. that just goes to show you like how powerful we really are in numbers, right? And when we support each other. And I don't know about you guys, but like this world has a hundred percent put women against each other. Yep. That's exactly it. And that's what I took. I completely and totally believe that this world is literally trying to tear women apart because we hold so much power and the white man knows the old white men know this and they don't want, they don't want that. They want to hold that power. Fucking Richard. Exactly. Mm. Fucking Richard. Yep. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I believe is that because of the timing of it, it's meant as a sensory overload. Yeah. Because a lot of people are kind of in shock at like the big crowds because all the restrictions are lifted. So like things are returning to normal, things are crowded, things are busy. And between all of that and this happening, it's causing a lot of overwhelm. So they're trying to overwhelm us and hoping that that overwhelm will create a lack of action. I think it also is used a little bit to distract from all the political shit that's happening in America because yeah, the fact they try, they tried to like do a freaking coup. (laughs) They're going, yeah, they're doing a whole investigation. We're finding out a whole lot at the moment. So yeah, there's a, yeah disempowering us and, you know, distracting us from everything else. <laughs> um, the other thing too, that um, I was talking to somebody about and they kind of mentioned, and it really made sense to me, is um, they've also kind of, they in all of this, they've programmed us to make this feel normal. Because when you look at all of the stuff that have come out recently, um, Handsmaid's Tale, People are watching this. They're, they're, they're watching this. They're, you know, they're in a way enjoying this show. And now, and I'm not saying that this is the exact reality of our world or anything like that. And I don't want to, um, uh, what's that word? Take away. There we go. Take away from like people of color and all of that stuff, but they're desensitizing us so that when they do things like this, we're not standing up for ourselves as much as we should be right? If you really think about it, because now all of a sudden abortion is normal to a lot of people, right? The, the, the illegalized, the legalization, I can't even talk, um, is becoming normal because of all this mainstream, like these movies and stuff like this. And so as us, we're becoming desensitized and it's as a way of like, we can't do very much for ourselves, right? Well, I think, so for me, I'm like, as a medical professional, right? Like from that viewpoint as well it's awful it's absolutely awful because I deliver dead babies guys I don't get to deliver healthy happy babies I work in the ER we don't deliver happy babies right like they're 22 weeks and under meaning they're not viable for life and I can say for a fact that people who do go and have abortions like it's not easy people are just like oh like they're just using it as a birth control and like they just go in and get it it is not an easy procedure it is not simple on the mama. It is not easy on your body. And it is f- 
fucking, it's painful. It is scary. It is traumatizing. And it is a lot of grief. And there's a lot of hormones that go out of whack when you do that too. There's a lot that that woman goes through that nobody even talks about, right? Like the amount of women who have just spontaneous miscarriages as it is, is insane. And nobody talks about it. But then, you know, there's a lot of women who do have abortions. And I have always said, and I 110% will forever believe this. If I were to ever be told that I had a kid and I was pregnant with it with a child that was going to have a disability, I would have an abortion. I would. And I will stand up for that because personally, I just know that that's not the life that I want for me, for my family or for my child. And I'm okay with that decision, but I should be the one making that decision. Right. Because that's not just my life. Like that's also that part. Like I made the decision to bring this being into this world. Right. So that's my decision, whether or not I do right. Based on the knowledge that we have. And I mean, I used to feel like a dick saying that, but I, I don't really anymore because at the end of the day, it is, it is my decision on whether or not to do that. And I think it's so, so frustrating to me too, because there's a lot of women who can't have a healthy pregnancy. If they do, they will die. Right. Or there's ectopic pregnancies and that's considered an abortion. And like, there is a lawyer, there's a doctor who literally like there, his patient almost died because they had to go through a lawyer and it took 10 hours to get it so that he could actually take out this baby that wasn't viable because it was an ectopic pregnancy. It wasn't even in the uterus. So I know women who've had ectopic pregnancies who, if they, and they were in the States. So if this law had been passed 10 years ago, they wouldn't be here. I know it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrifying. Like it's absolutely terrifying. I actually read something too the other day. We're okay with pulling the cord on people like full grown human beings because they no longer have a brain. They no longer have a brainwave. They have a heartbeat. They have organs. They have tissues. They have lungs. They have all the things. They can be on a ventilator, but they're not here. They're not conscious. They don't have brainwaves and we can pull the plug on them. But why is it that, oh, this thing has a heartbeat. So now, now it's, now it's a life, right? And I don't think that, and I really don't think that anybody else has that decision unless you are that person who is having that pregnancy, because that is also your life, right? Like it's just, it's so, it's so beyond frustrating to me because from a medical standpoint, there are people who should not get pregnant and it's really hard to get your tubes tied. It's really fucking hard to get your tubes tied. Okay. Yes. You have to get like some, some if you are married, you need your husband's permission a lot of the times, which is yep. okay. You also have to be a certain age before yeah. they'll consider it. Yeah. Like even at 30 years old, if I were to go in, I have three kids, I'm a single mom. And if I were to go in and say, Hey, I want my tubes tied. I will still have to jump through hoops to do it. I know somebody, again, I know somebody who has a brain aneurysm who has literally been told that if she were to get pregnant, she, she would, would not survive because of that change in blood pressure would trigger it. And that's still not an option for her. Want to know something ironic? Well, you already know this, Jasmine. Um, but IUDs, the things that are supposed to like have higher protection, well, as higher protection as condom, if not higher, they increase your chances of ectopic pregnancies. What are women who, um, who 
that happens to in the states supposed to do you know because they've done pretty much everything they can like they have protection but if they have ect- they can still get an ectopic pre- pregnancy i there was a condom and there was birth control here i am some people are just really damn fertile <laughs> I was a birth control baby because my mom was on antibiotics, which by the way, guys, your antibiotics make your birth control not effective. Just so you know, not a lot of people know this. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, And as you were saying something, it kind of brought into my head too of like, so you've got the people who have miscarriages and they deal with a lot of um, mental health going through the process Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But the other thing too is the people who have had to, who have to decide to terminate that pregnancy. It's a lot. It's a lot harder to make that decision mm-hmm. than your baby, it, the baby making the decision for you. Yeah. Because um, it, it's it's a whole entire thought process that you have to weigh out the pros. You have to weigh out the cons. You have to weigh out you know your mental health. You have to weigh out. Okay, well is this something, will I regret this in 10 years? Will I regret this next year? Will I regret this five years from now? Yeah. You know? Um, so when people are going in to do this, it's not, it's not, it's not an easy decision. It never is an easy decision to do something like that. So when people go in to do it, people need the support. And when you go in there, you're by yourself. Like you, the, it honestly guys like having a healthy baby is not just like as simple as it seems right like if you have a healthy baby you are very lucky and consider yourself very lucky right and the thing is is like there are i i used to work pediatric oncology we had a we've had babies that come out of the womb with cancer they come out of the womb with cancer right if you would know that you were going to have a baby with cancer would you bring that baby into this world knowing that they needed to start chemotherapy as soon as they hit this world and radiation and their chances of making it are small. And if they what do kind make of quality it, of life is that it's not no quality of life at all. And not only that though, then you're exposing this little tiny being to, to literally like chemotherapy, which is poison. You have a, what, like five years of remission. Then you probably like the thing with pediatric cancer that not a lot of people know is that you may beat it, but it always comes back. Some other cancer always comes back because of the chemotherapy that you did as a child because you were developing, right? And so a lot of kids end up having to go through chemo again as adults or as teenagers. Pediatric cancer is not just that easy. It's, it's a lot, right? But like, there's so many tests that we can do to know all of these different things. And there are babies that are literally developed without brains. They have no brain right? Or they're developed and they literally are dying on the inside, right? You know that they're not going to make it, or you know that their heart stopped beating, but then you still have to carry this baby to term for another 16 weeks. That is cruel and unusual punishment. That is fucked up in so many ways. Completely inhumane. It is. It's 110%. And then also what about the women who are raped? Yeah. The ones who literally did not choose any of this. They don't, it drives me, it drives me nuts that this is something that we are dealing with, that this is even a question. And the worst part is they're like, well, you know, that's another, you know, it's another living being, but they completely, completely miss the fact that there is a grown ass human 
with an entire life living. And like, I know for a fact that if my husband was given the choice, baby or mom, he would pick me every fucking time, every fucking time. No offense. I can make another baby. You can't make another me. That's And we've actually had that conversation before, right? Like we have single time. He's like, I would always pick you. What's kind of horrifying to know is that I was looking it up on like the CDC website earlier. The US has the like worse maternal kind of mortality rates in an industrialized country apart from the Dominican Republic. And it's one of the only ones where it's actually the stats have like increased since the year 2000. I was looking at earlier and what was it i think it's nearly 23 um 23.8 deaths per 100,000 live births um this is like from 2020 uh, compared to 20.1 in 2019 um how do you think how much do you think that's going to increase like going to increase after the abortion like now abortions banned so to get for all of my like women's hormonal health certifications and everything. I actually did an entire course on, on all of this with like women's equality and rights and everything. And I do have numbers. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's disgusting. It really is like the amount of women. So yeah, your, your chances of basically. Like, and that's only going to increase at this point though, too. I remember that it's the, the biggest cause of death to pregnant women is their spouses killing them because they decide they don't want the baby or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's even it's disgustingly high, like the amount of maternal death amongst um, black women. So in 2020, the maternal mortality rate for non-Hispanic black women was 55.3 deaths per per 100,000 live births, which is 2.9 times the rate of non-Hispanic white women. I know. So all of Let this is to in. try and increase the number of white people in the states. <laughs> well, that's certainly one aspect. Yeah, we did hear that was something that was said back in like the early '90s, I believe. That that would be the best way for them to increase and keep the people like keep the majority of uh, America, America as a white population. Well, you know, I mean, if really, you... what's really funny is that then, so they want us to have, so they want all these babies to be had, right? And then there's like the foster care system that is already mm. drowning, already yep. drowning kids. And it's so hard to adopt. So like mm-hmm. poor kiddos stuck in the system. And then you have more babies being born to maybe moms who don't want them, which is totally fine for you to not want that. I will never shame someone for not wanting their kid. I will never shame them because I don't know their life story. I don't know why. And I will not judge. It is not my job to judge another woman for making a decision. Not my life, not, not my place to judge at all. Right. I've not walked in their shoes. And, Mm -hmm. and that's something like, we're not judging people in this, in their decisions here. We're just, this is something that needs to be talked about. So we're talking about it. Basically. It's just, yeah, it just, it really, it's really sad. And then, yeah, but then cost of birth, like cost of having a child, right? The cost of, of even just birthing that child, if you decide to go into the hospital, 
right? And then, and that's in the States, right? Because you pay an arm and a leg. And in the States, you have a three-month maternity leave. That's it, right? So you have three months. I just, it, none of it makes sense to me because you're making these people have, you're making women have children, but you're not giving them any help in doing that. No. You're just no, like, be, you it's never been about the children. No, that'll be partly why, like the American healthcare system, my dad's a health economist, so it's his job to know these things. Great bedside manners, worse, kind of like very ineffective, worse kind of like quality of medical care. No offense, Jazz. Oh, to be honest, guys, I work in both Canada and the US and they both suck the same. They, yeah, they, are, both, they are both, but, they are both. But the, the American one, part of the reason that the mother mortality rate will be so high is because these women can't get the help they need like during or before birth because they can't afford it mm-hmm. they just yep. can't afford it and now you're in, they're just like continuing the cycle of poverty like these women cannot if they're forced to have the kids and for some and they like can't give them up for a myriad of reasons mm-hmm. they'll they'll be forced to like they can't go on and go to college or whatever oh yeah speaking of which um black college educated women are still like several times more likely to die during childbirth or just after than a white um or hispanic woman who only has like high school education level i just i don't understand what are they doing what are they doing in the delivery rooms? For me, I'm not gonna lie, guys. When I have a child, my, I'm not going to a hospital. I'm getting a midwife. I'm doing it in a bath. <laughs> midwife, yeah, a good midwife is my my youngest brother was born with the help of a midwife. Honestly, yeah. a good midwife is priceless. I need a that is it. The way the way they make you birth babies too is not even. Oh, it's it's so perfect. They won't let you get into the position that you want to get into. Your body knows what position it wants to birth in. But they're like, yeah. like sit in this awkward position where you need to have both of your legs up in the stirrups, and that's it. You can't oh yeah, this fun history, fun history fact, fun history fact. Um, the reason we sitting up, like, have to lie in that position is because Louis the Fourteenth had a weird kink for watching his mistresses give birth, so he he just likes to get a really good view, you know. And for some reason, that's become standard practice ever since. We were not made to give birth that way. It's like really bad for us. Well, yeah, that's, and I, honestly, that's probably why so many women tear. Probably, that's probably exactly it. And if, you, and, if we just think anatomically speaking, you're literally completely stretching your perineum to like its max. And like you're, the way that you're actually like spreading your legs like that, like it's stretching it on all the different ways. Like, fuck. It just like anatomically speaking, it makes a lot of sense that why, why we tear that way too. Mm-hmm. that and also if you don't if you push too far like if you don't have somebody in that room that actually knows what they're doing and knows how to coach you through pushing like fuck and also pregnancy is not easy no it is not, it is not for the faint of heart there's a you know and there's a lot of shit that like honestly like i want to do like hypnotherapy stuff whenever i'm going through all of that like there's a lot of things that i really want to do right yes. during that time because there's a lot of shit that comes up during pregnancy and it's a very vulnerable time and yeah. if you don't feel safe, if you don't have support, it is so hard to go through pregnancy without support. 
um and even even not even just pregnancy I mean like even having a like even having the baby and everything if you don't have the best support it is it is fucking is fucking hard it is fucking hard because you feel like you're alone doing it all and especially if you're a brand new mom it's even more harder because you it's your first fucking time you don't know anything about anything all you know is what people tell you but if like to not have the support is one of the most terrifying things ever well I think the worst part though is like they didn't stop abortions like people are still gonna get abortions they're just gonna be in dirty places they're gonna be done with coat hangers right like it's gonna be they're gonna be done in really sketchy situations that put those women's lives at risk because they're still gonna find a way to do it Fun fact about the coat hanger. Yeah. It was never actually meant, it was never used to actually have the abortion. Yeah. They would use tear up their insides so that people would actually then pr- perform the abortion because they thought they were having a miscarriage, is yeah. how it was what the. Yeah. Holy fuck. It was yeah, to induce was like- enough bleeding that somebody would believe that it was a miscarriage. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah, yeah, that puts the anecdotes I was gonna. But then there's yeah, like, <laughs> there's women who throw themselves downstairs. I was watching a video like about about a woman who kind of works in an abortion clinic, and she was like talking about this call she had from a woman, I guess in rural rural America, couldn't afford to come to the clinic, and she was like, she kind of like said to her, you know, I'm in my kitchen, I will. I have my medicine cabinet and like, you know, the, you know, cleaning supplies and everything. Tell me, I'll read out a list of things. You tell me what I can use to have an abortion. A lot of people don't realize too, it's, there's like the, there's the medical side of things, but then there's also the side of things where people are forced into it. Yeah, I've got a friend who not long ago got out of a really fucked up abusive relationship. Um, She has really lovely kids. She's had two abortions. The first one was when she was still in the relationship with her ex and she when she realized she was pregnant she kind of she kind of like realized that if she had the baby she would be stuck in the relationship for longer and her mental health was kind of only just getting back on track. She was pretty sure that if she had the baby it would like completely go into decline and she would end up killing herself. The second time was when she kind of had just moved out. Yeah, she was like getting her life together and things. And she realized that, again, if she kept it, she would end up going back to him because she already had several kids already. She couldn't afford more. And she didn't know, she was pretty sure that she couldn't kind of, she wouldn't have been able to handle going back to him. And again, she would die. Her ex, he he was very, very manipulative and like not at all respectful of any boundaries. He typical narcissist kind of thing. He decided like he would like decide kind of when they had sex sort of thing. Like he would decide, you know, oh, I want to try and get her pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I know a lot of people like say, Older people like would say to this, you know, if you don't want to get pregnant, if you don't want to have an abortion, don't have sex. It's like what people don't realize is exactly how hard it is to refuse those things. It really, honestly, how many women can honestly say that they've not had, not just like given in, had sex because it's easier, you know? 
like they're scared or they just don't want to deal with the with the kind of like aftermath of refusing to have sex and things like that not many not as many as like we'd like to think it's really hard to refuse so forcing women to carry these babies like when especially when they're in abusive relationships it it's a death sentence they mm -hmm. They don't realize they don't realize how much of a death sentence this is when they just force the like take away autonomy. You are deciding their life. You are you are deciding you're sentencing to death in situations. A lot of women, that's how they feel. It's I have this baby. I'm gonna have I to save to him for like another year or something at least, you know? Because the suicide rates are gonna go up because they really of are. They really are. And especially, and like, think about all those young teenagers too, who are going to, you know, what if ha something happens? A, they make a stupid mistake or something. What if a guy takes advantage of them? Because that's mm -hmm. a common. So, um, the suicide rates are going to go up for the ages between 16 and 20, let's be real, because they're going to have nowhere to turn to. Mm -hmm. And especially that group too, because they're, they're not, they're not, completely and fully developed in the way of like resourcefulness right like not all of them at that age is going to be resourceful enough to be like okay where can I go to get this dealt with instead they're going to feel like yeah. this is my option I either carry this baby or I kill myself and all my problems go away let's be realistic it's older than 20 it's it's younger than 16 and it's older than 20 yeah but because... I, I, yeah. I'm just meaning the majority <laughs> yeah that's I mean, the I think, sorry. But like, that's another thing that we haven't talked about is all of the children who haven't even hit teenage years yet, who have been like Jasmine has mentioned rape, but she hasn't mentioned that this happens to children as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, I know I've already seen at least one story where it was a 10-year-old who was refused an abortion and sent, like, somewhere else because it wasn't, like, it wasn't they said, in... they referred her, they referred her for another reason when I read the story, but it was, yeah, it sounded mm. like it was definitely sent so that this 10-year-old didn't have to carry through with a pregnancy. Her body is not ready. Like, no, it's literally not ready. And like, the thing is, so I actually went to school and I was in grade five and there was a girl that I know that got pregnant in grade Holy five. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Straight up. Grade five. Okay. Like that, sh that shit happens, but people refuse to think about it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is they're saying like, oh, well, this doesn't really happen. And literally Except it does. It really, really within does. Days, within days of them passing this, it's happened. Yeah, that story and, was three days. Yeah. Three days after that law was passed. And there's already been women who have died since this thing has been. Yep. Which is insane. Like the fact that people are and like the if like we can't just sit down and do nothing about this and that's a no. big thing we cannot just sit down and just be like okay well they took this away you know they all hand our rights back to us we they already they already took they've already they already have so many of our rights 
taken away from us already. Not and counting we, the ones we didn't get to start with. Can we also can we also talk about that one, the whole thing where they like now have it so that if the person who raped somebody is intoxicated, they get off. What the what fuck is that about? When was that a I know that's I hate thing. that that's a thing. That was in Alberta. Yeah, I know that's in Alberta. It's fucked. That's fucked. It's fucked hundred percent because it basically just gets like everybody off. Cause you can just say I was, I was, oh, I was intoxicated. <laughs> that is like, fucked up because you know what? I, I can have quite a few drinks and still function like a normal human being. Mm-hmm. Dudes, I can black out and not rape someone. Yeah. Exactly. You, don't just, you don't just get drunk and rape someone. That doesn't, that's exactly. not how No. <laughs> lesbians in a, yeah lesbians in a women's changing room you don't hear about them kind of just assaulting people Let, let's go one step farther you don't often yes it does happen but you don't often hear about like blackout drunk lesbians raping other women in the bathrooms exactly i've literally never heard of that i mean i'm not saying yeah. it ever happens but i don't know like it's not a case of all of my female friends have been raped by a blackout drunk lesbian they've been raped by men <laughs> no as it's insane like and oh, and there are women who they're literally so this is the thing too because they were raped in the asshole they're like well i don't does it count what that's a thing though because people literally like yes it is just because you're not gonna get pregnant from it most likely that's still a fucking violation of someone's like bodily autonomy mm-hmm. yeah what the actual fuck see and this is it and that's the thing is people are not realizing that women are it's not just about the fucking abortions either we're losing all of our rights it's the okay. rights because we didn't have all of the rights to start with no. we no. needed a lot more rights than we had before this got taken away oh, yeah. let's, take it, let's take it away let's take it and... like an even more simple step forward okay like a very simple step forward okay question you just just say yes or no do you feel comfortable walking late at night by yourself alone on the street Fuck no. no never have never will exactly men do yeah mm-hmm. no i've i've heard that's the thing yeah, so that is just simple, that's just another example that we literally don't even have safety. I have just simple safety to just I, go for a walk. I don't feel comfortable in daylight by myself. Yeah, I, I don't either. Like, no. let's remove the nighttime. Like, I don't, like, the amount of times that I have, like, walked home from school and had people catcall me. I had a fucking, like, guy on drugs following me home once. That was fun. Not all the way home, but down a whole bloody block. Yeah, I mean, I've had vehicles slow down. I've had vehicles slow down and follow me a little bit. Oh. Uh, and stuff at 16 years old. Yep, I was that age as well. <laughs> broad daylight. Broad daylight. Walking home from school. Yep. I like, had, actually, I had, I had some random fucking guy um so I'll, I'll tell the whole story on this one <laughs> i was i went out somewhere i can't remember where i was but i started feeling really really sick i was walking distance from home it was middle of the afternoon so i started walking home and i was by myself didn't make it all the way home before i started throwing up so i'm like literally off on the side of the road 
throwing up. I was in the city and some fucking guy got out of his car and like came up behind me and I'm, because I'm puking my guts out, I didn't notice. And he puts his hands on my waist and like acts as if he's trying to help me. Ew. Get the fuck away from me. Ew. Yeah. Pretty sure I actually puked on him. I didn't threaten to it. And I didn't necessarily mean to, but I don't regret it if I did. I was going to say, he deserves <laughs> at least that much. And that's one thing that we've been talking about too is when we're fighting for our rights on this abortion matter, we should be fighting for more than just that. We need to be, um, we need to be also educating ourselves about, uh, about women and about our rights, about what we actually do have and what we actually need to be fighting for. Um, and another hmm. thing we'll say before I let Jasmine pop in, cause I know she's about to, cause she's got, a, she's got a rant and it's going to be good. Um, yeah. but women's rights, uh, we don't have any, um, <laughs> but, uh, one thing is, and I just want to remind you guys, is you have power to start fighting this um, as, and, and don't sit here and don't sit here and be like, okay, well, this is happening. I'm just going to be complacent in it. Step up and actually fight for it. I mean, Ashton, um, Ashton, I and Bethany are already working on things that we can do help help with things. Any idea is an idea and start talking to people, get that out there and start putting it forward. Even if it's a small, small movement, do it anyways, because the more, the better. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, adding on to that complacency thing, complacency is part of the problem. Yep. Sitting yes. by and not doing anything is part of the problem. It's, it's what they're hoping will do. Exactly. And and as a mother, uh, one thing that kind of comes with, like, so I have, like, this huge, like, I'm a humanitarian, rebellious person. Like, that's my nature. And I have never really acted on it. And a big part of that was because, you know, I have kids and like, what happens if, or what happens if, but you know what? I've come to the conclusion that, you know what? I would much rather worse comes to worse and it's not going to happen, but worse came to worse. Nope. Activists sometimes end up in jail or end up with this way or end up that way. I would much rather be in any of those situations, knowing that I have fought, knowing that I have stepped up and said, hey, I am not okay with what's going on in the world. I'm not okay with how I'm being treated. I am not okay with this because at the end of the day, I'm also fighting for my children. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I'm fighting for my children. I'm fighting for my neighbor's children. I'm fighting for all of our other generations. So when you're sitting there and you're being complacent because you feel like, oh, I can't do it because I have kids and there may be consequences. Well, you know what? Think about those, think about your kids then. Really? Like at the end of the day, think about your kids. Like, cause they're going to have to be complacent with whatever it is that you decided was okay enough for them. And if it's yeah. not something you want for your children, stand up for them and they'll be grateful. They will be what so you need to learn. Right? Like, that's the thing. It's yeah. like, I would rather my children know that, that they need to stand up for what they believe in and they need to stand up for what's right. Um, mm-hmm. than for them to believe that it's okay to be complacent with things. Yeah don't be complacent. It's part of the problem. It's the reason why they continue to remove more and more and more and more of our rights, even though we didn't even have them to begin with. So don't be fucking complacent. Stand up and do your fucking part. Woo, great tomorrow. And, and fighting this is fighting for all of the generations that are still here, along with all of the generations to come yes. as well. It's not just like, 
our generation and younger are going to be affected by this. No, it's all of us. And if we this continue is... to be complacent, we are going to eventually have to start fighting for our right to vote again, because that's the direction of where it's going. Yep, the, the conservatives in America have literally given us a list. It's very nice of them. The next things on the chopping block are contraception. And Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, we as far contracept- as contraception, they're also getting rid of like condoms and stuff like that too, though. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't so use those is- either. <laughs> hey, this is where this is. But those are for STDs. Those are for STDs, though. I was going to say, but yeah. We want condoms because these yeah. stop STDs. Well, Jasmine, I'm, I'm allergic to condoms, so I don't um, like them in general. I get oh, like okay. inflamed. And like my vagina looks like somebody like is like closing, like you know when like your like face turns into like this bright red like hivey thing. Is it a latex allergy or is it just condoms in general? I have no idea because I've tried all sorts of different kinds. Really, all different kinds. Yeah, I've always and like I will itch for days, like days. It actually will give me like a vaginitis as well. So I end up with like not only like an allergic reaction, I then also get a like vaginosis which is really fun so then you have to go on antibiotics and it's like a whole thing it's awful it's honestly like probably it's so annoying <laughs> yeah so i that's mean i have a latex allergy but that like that doesn't turn anywhere near as bad as what you've had to deal with no i, I don't know if it's like the lube or like there's or an like- additive in it or i have no i have no idea I don't know. okay so condoms are not for you but mm-hmm. yeah we're not but- just to be clear we're not against like all forms of contraceptives we just yeah. wish they were much better and didn't do all sorts of awful shit to women's bodies okay yeah. oh, over it's to you just- jasmine okay yeah, so oh, i don't even know where to begin i don't even know where to start like we did it so we have a whole episode on birth control which i would say to go listen to okay where we went yeah. into like by the way this is just like a psa and you can get more information in that episode your period that you are on right now on your birth control isn't real. You're just withdrawing from steroids. That's literally all it is. Okay. So much cool. fun. Um, another thing that birth control does is it actually causes vaginal and clitoral atrophy, meaning that basically that tissue dies and desensitizes. And so your body is changed forever. And that's why sex doesn't feel as good. That's why. Fun facts. Didn't know. There you go. It's not not you it was the pills that you took that they said were safe um on top of that our uh risk for depression and anxiety increased by two times the percentage within the first three months of getting on a birth control um as does suicide rates so suicide rates for women triple within your first three months of taking a contraceptive any form of birth control iud's pills, the depot, all of them, literally all of them. Okay. They all do the same shit. Okay. A little bit different, but they all basically do the same shit. And then on top of that, um, we also increase our risk for diabetes by 30% later on in life. So when you hit menopause by 30, you actually have increased your risk for diabetes by 30% for being on birth control for three months. So if you've ever been on birth control for three months or longer, you have increased your risk for diabetes later on in life. On top of that, we increase our risk for strokes later on in life, Alzheimer's, um, heart attacks, cardiovascular disease in general, um, high blood pressure. What else? Oh yeah. Uh, brittle bone disease, osteoporosis, same, same, right? Um, also on birth control, you will lose half a pound of muscle a year if you're not actively working on fixing that. It also leaches important vitamins and minerals from your body. So there's just a lot of things that we have to do proactively if you're going to take it, right? You don't just take it. 
it is a medication, right? You also don't come off of it cold turkey because again, it's a medication. It's like going on an antidepressant, okay? So when you come off of birth control and nobody tells you this, right? You need to do it in a very safe manner because you will literally shock your body and you can go into something called post-birth control syndrome, okay? Where you may not get a period. You may go through infertility. You might go through menopause. Doesn't matter what age you are, right? Um, all sorts of different things. That's why you get the acne. And that's why so many women are worried about it. It's because you're going off of it all wrong, right? You don't get that if you go off of it properly, okay? So there's just like a lot of different things that they don't tell us about birth control. Um, they don't tell us the true risks, right? Weight gain is very common with birth control. So if you're somebody who's like, I just can't lose the weight and you're on birth control, your doctor is going to tell you it's you, that you're the problem, but you're not. Okay. I'm just, I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Okay. I'm here to tell you that it's your birth control. It's literally fucking with you straight up. Okay. Now there are things you can do to combat it, but you need to know what to do. And they're never going to tell you. Okay. They make a lot of money on us. Let's be real. They make a lot of money on women, a ton, like a ton. It's insane. Okay. Think about how many women are on birth control and it fucks us. So then we go on antidepressants. Think about how much money they make on women who are on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications. Right. Um, think about how many women are put on diuretics for their chin hair when you could actually just take some spearmint tea every day or get an at-home laser hair removal device. It's a lot cheaper and you're not paying the government. You're welcome. Um, there's just, there's so much, there's so much that it does. And it's honestly really bad for our bodies, but it really fucks with our sex life too. As you guys now know. Okay. Not only does it affect like your actual like vulva and vagina, it actually also affects your sex hormones and your sex life. So your libido will forever be changed too. So just in general, there's a lot of things that it does. And so I'm not here to say like, don't ever go on, don't ever go on it. There are people who should people who are at risk for certain types of cancers. Right. But I mean, birth control also increases our risk for breast cancer by a very large, significant amount. So like, that's a thing too right? Have you ever wondered why there's so many young girls in their early twenties, thirties having breast cancer? We don't have estrogen in our bodies. We're close to menopausal when we're on birth control. And most women who are in menopause are at higher risk for breast cancer because they don't have the estrogen. And the, I think the most frustrating thing is they've literally done a ton. They've actually created birth control for men and there were studies on it and, um, they had the same side effects as we did. And as we suffer through, but are told are just like in our head and just because we're busy or we're working or like we're moms, um, that, you know, because it was inconvenient for them that they didn't have to do it so that we would just continue it. Right. Cause we can handle the depression and the suicide attempts and the diabetes and the insomnia and the fatigue and the, you know, breast cancer and the, all of these different things, right? We can handle that. We can handle anything. We're just On tired all the, the time. the fact that we already get those issues without the mm-hmm. birth control in there. A hundred percent, percent. Us saying that like men can't handle that isn't saying anything negative towards men's mental health. That's not saying that like- No, not, not even a yeah. little bit, not at all. But it's also just saying that it's, it's, fucked up that because it gave them the same side effects they were like no we can't this can't go out on the market Mm -mm. yeah 
And the thing is too, is like, you're no offense, but a lot of doctors don't know much about the birth control they're prescribing because the birth control companies are giving them what they want to give them. Right. So the peer reviewed studies aren't really peer reviewed studies when it comes to medicine, just so you guys know, it's what the drug company wants to show them. If you, if you've ever looked into any lawsuits on like big pharma, it's terrifying terrifying because they make like there's been a couple lawsuits where they made a lot of money because they pushed out already they pushed out drugs that they knew killed people but they made a lot of money off of it so the legal settlement they still made profit so it didn't even matter that they got sued and they still make they still make drugs to this day that is sickening yeah if you if you guys have never looked into big pharma lawsuits you should it's it's insane um i actually have a really good joe rogan podcast all about it and there's a book, there's a really cool book by a physician, by a family practitioner who had no idea, thought he was doing all the right things by prescribing his patients, these medications. Cause doctors are busy. They are busy. They don't have time to go and read every single study. They just believe that what they're being told is true because why would they lie? Why would people give them false information? Right. But I mean, big pharma makes money off of us. That's the thing, right? and so say capitalism so like that's there's just so much there's so much so much within it is like all I have to say but the biggest thing that I just like honestly my biggest take home here is that you no offense my friend know so little about your body because you've never been taught right if you can sit there right now while you're listening and say that you were never really taught about your period. You were never really taught about your phases of your cycle. You were never taught that you were supposed to work out a different way than men. You were never taught that you were supposed to eat a certain way. You were never taught that you burn different amount of calories throughout the month based on your cycle. You were never taught much about birth control and you were probably dismissed whenever you were said that you were having side effects. Um, if you were never ever told anything about what is normal and what is not normal when it comes to your cycle. And you think that heavy periods are normal. You think that cramps are normal. You think that birth control is the solution to fixing it. You think that infertility is just a normal thing, which by the way, infertility rates are sky high. Do we wonder why? Because young girls are going on birth control and pausing their cycles. Birth control pauses the maturation of your cycle friend, meaning it takes up to four years sometimes for that shit to, to mature. So if you come off of it at 30 and you want to get pregnant, good luck. That's why you're having to spend thousands of dollars on IVF because nobody told you that you need to come off of it a different way. And then just do some fertility, um, coaching, right. Go through like, literally it's, it's super simple. Like it's really not hard. We're just taught, we're just told that our bodies are these like really scary and complex things, right? There are people. And if you're one of them, I don't feel ashamed at all because you are not alone. But if you have never looked at your vagina, cause you're scared, I've been there. Actually, I was telling the girls the other day about my story about that, but seriously, like I've been there, right? We all have, we have all been there. We have all been scared of our vaginas because we don't know what they look like and what they don't look like. And are they pretty enough? Are they nice enough? Are they this enough? Right. Is my vulva nice enough? Is, should it look like this? This looks fucked. Like, is this normal? <laughs> like, cause we're never taught what's normal. There's no teaching around that, right? There's no teaching around you know, what 
health looks like. And one of the biggest things that I want to say is like women's health. And this is one of my biggest things. And it drives me bonkers is when we talk about women's health, we only talk about reproductive health because we're baby making machines. And that's all we are. When really we should also be talking about hormonal health because that's a thing too, right? You have your Mm -hmm. reproductive health. You have your hormonal health. We have mental health. Like we are, we are full living, breathing beings, but your hormones, they affect your brain. They affect your thyroid. They affect your ovaries. They affect your uterus. They affect your muscles. They affect your bones. They affect your skin. They affect your gut. They affect your immune system. They affect, they are neurotransmitters. They literally are chemicals that communicate within your body and tell your body what to do. And so if they are not in balance, you will forever feel like shit, right? And if you ever want to prevent pregnancy without having to rely on some kind of contraceptive pill, it starts by understanding your body, by learning what a healthy cycle is, by understanding when your body's telling you when you're ovulating and not relying on a motherfucking app, because that app's never going to be accurate no offense i don't care how high tech it is right i'll I'll throw in there right now just because it is a massive win um since i started working with jasmine i my last period i had like minor discomfort in the terms of cramping and no other issues everything else was just fantastic isn't it amazing Isn't it amazing? And honestly, you guys don't, to those listening, they don't know how big this is. She's had to stay off work sometimes because it's been so bad. So stay in bed, curl up in fetal position sometimes. Bad level of cramps. And I did not have that. Isn't it nice just to be able to live your life? Yes. (laughs) You're just living your life. Living your life. That's all you're doing. You're living life to the fullest because you no longer have this whole like women's condition that makes your life health. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, yep. and that's the thing is like this literally, it affects everything. And so, yeah, they're fucking with us with abortions, but you got like, this is the thing. And when I started this journey three and a half years ago, I was just like, my, I, I can never turn back. I was like, ah, this is my mission. Like I can't let other women not know this shit. Right. Because it's so simple for one, our bodies are so simple. It's not hard. It really isn't. But number two is like, you can take all the control back, all the power back. It's like I said, I don't practice safe sex in the government's forms of safe sex. I don't use birth control. I don't use condoms. Don't use an app. I just know my body. I know when I'm ovulating because I know it's very easy, very simple. My body is like, it gives me all the flex, right? And then I'm just super careful around that time. We're super, super careful. But like, the thing is, is like, you don't need to rely on some chemical compound to prevent pregnancy. You don't need to, you really don't. Right. And we're so terrified to trust our own bodies. We have been conditioned to not trust our own bodies, even birth, right? Like I, I'm still honestly terrified of, of eventually giving birth. It is something that I'm terrified of. And that is something I'm going to have to work through when I get there. And you bet my ass is getting, a midwife. you bet I am getting a midwife because 
right? Like I'm going to work, there's going to be trauma therapy. I'm sure there's a lot of genetic, like, you know, like genetic trauma going on within here, but like, that's the thing is like, we're literally so scared of our own bodies and abortions for us. It's scary that they're taking that away. That's terrifying. But what's more terrifying to me is how little we know about our bodies, how little we know about them and how so many of us don't realize it. That's what scares me is that most women don't realize that they're living their lives with some wicked hormonal issues. Like, guys, I read, like I've had 120, I have like, I have a free survey that I do for women that has every hormone imbalance symptom out there. Okay. There's like 40 of them. Not, not even kidding. I've gone through 120 in the last four days. All of them clicked off um, almost all of them almost all of them. And then I always ask like, what is the one that bugs you the most? Do you want to know what's crazy? There are women out there dealing with depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, fatigue, all these different things, chin hair, weight gain, this 95% of the time. It's not the internal things that make us feel like shit about ourselves. It's literally the fact that other people can see it. It's what other people can judge. It's the chin hair. It's not the depression. It is the, um, weight gain. It is the things that other people see. Meanwhile, on the inside, you are going through a heavy, heavy season thinking it's normal, thinking it's normal to be in a fog, thinking it's normal to be depressed, thinking it's normal to have panic attacks, thinking it's normal to have cramps, thinking it's normal to have a heavy flow that you have to change your tampon like six or seven times right? Thinking it's normal to have wicked IBS and to bloat to the point where like literally you can't fit in your pants by the end of the night. And then we laugh about it. We form like this clicker about it. And we're like, Oh, look at me. Shitty period group party of like five go us instead of going, what the fuck is wrong? There's something wrong with my body. And most of the women I talk to, they know something's wrong, but they've gone to the doctors. And I was one of them. I went to the doctors guys and I'm, I'm a fucking nurse. I've been one for six years and I went to the doctors and they dismissed me. They literally dismissed me. Okay. I'm a disagreeable motherfucker. So I was like, fuck you. I'm gonna figure this shit out myself. But I also have that knowledge and that confidence because I do practice medicine. Not everybody is like that. I have been kicked out of doctor's offices because I'm like, no, something is wrong. You need to do something mm-hmm. instead of just saying, no, that's normal for women. Yeah. Or they prescribe an antidepressant. And I'm like, this started when I got my birth control in and they're like, it's not the birth control. It's your work. Okay. Well, my work hasn't changed for five years. Well, you know, stress. No, it's the new birth control you put me on. Mm, Probably not. Birth control doesn't do that. For me, it was painkillers or there was one time where I got such a bad UTI that it was starting to infect my liver before they actually figured out that it was a UTI. Part of it, I mean, part of it was my, at the time, partner who was very abusive and he has long since been an ex, but it also took the doctor's offices. It took me going to ER actually is what it took for them to diagnose a UTI and it had started to infect my liver at that point. Yep. And imagine if a man went in and said something wrong. Something's not right with my body. They would most likely listen, trust the man for knowing that there's something wrong with their body. 
and well because you know they don't have to deal with birth control right um somewhat related when when i was a kid like i don't know i was like three or something um that's when i i was doing ballet and that's when like my asthma really started showing my mom was the one who took me to ballet and she she could see obviously i was the only little girl in class bent over coughing she took me to the doctors they dismissed her at first like saying because like i was her first kid blah de blah i thought she was just being an overprotective, sensitive mother despite the fact asthma runs in both sides of my family and things you know and i was the only one coughing like bent over coughing i was not an unfit little kid never have been <laughs> My mom's kind of obsessed with fitness in a good way. Say, you... Yeah, I yeah. couldn't imagine you ever being unfit. Yeah, it took my dad, the health economist, going in and saying, "Hey, this is this is what's wrong. This is yeah," for them to actually give me a fucking inhaler. This is just exactly it. Why? Why I even say? Why we even say like women never had their rights? We were never even taught about our bodies. So yeah, so that's kind of like, yeah, I just wanted to kind of put that out there, right? Is just, you have everything you need within you. Your body is giving you so many signs. It is telling you everything you need to know. You don't need to go get blood work to figure out what's wrong. You really don't, right? Like you guys, because uh, Tamara, Bethany, and Ashton, they're all uh, going through my program, The Uterus Project, which was literally created to help women take power back over their own bodies and understand their bodies, right? And like to biohack them to heal them in a very holistic manner. Um, and like you guys, within the first week, you know which hormones are to whack. Oh yeah. Yep. My testosterone, for example. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've had a migraine from my period since. Shit, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Now that I wow. think about it. But, and, and I know, like I know, well, I knew before. Yeah. Going into this, I knew exactly when my period was coming because it was extreme fatigue and um, a migraine okay. for a week. Those are estrogen. Those are estrogen migraines. Yep. And then, um, but now it's to a point where I know the days I'm ovulating because I've, I've noticed my energy more than anything. It's my, I've noticed my energy. Mine's my level. sex drive. I get really horny. <laughs> See, yeah. for me, it's a hit and like, for me, it's yeah. hit and miss one, but it's definitely my energy levels and um, and discharge are the two things that I've noticed the most. Oh yeah, when you right? when you understand your vaginal discharge, like it's so easy to track your cycle. It's not even funny. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I can literally guess within a day, and I mean I have an app, and I know they're not very accurate, but I will guess like, oh, I think I'm ovulating, and then I'll check the, my app. Um, which seems to be adjusting to whatever I put in there. Yeah. And um, it usually says within one or two days that yeah. it was the expected day of ovulation. Yeah. Um, question for you. How long are your periods now? I'm just curious. Prior, it was anywhere between one week to two to three days. Now, pretty much two to three days every time. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it so nice? Mine's, mine are like two to three days max. Like three days, I'm like, oh, weird. We're sticking around a little longer. Like you don't have to live your life in fear of being pregnant for one. You don't have to life, live your life in fear or in discomfort. You don't, right? You just need to understand your body. It's it's so simple. And yeah. that's literally like why I built my company. And that's why I do what I do. You are amazing for that. <laughs> you really are. Yeah. She is phenomenal. 
Um, absolutely. Make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is too, like for any women who is listening, um, one way to take your power back in what's going on in the world is definitely learning about your body, educating yourself properly about and not, not relying. It's like not yeah. relying on the medical system yeah. and not relying on another person to tell you about your body. Exactly. And I mean, we understand that there is, of course, extenuating situations where, you know, you end up pregnant for something that's not your fault or not something that, you know, but it happens. Yes, shit happens. Or, you know, there's also situations with, you know, abuse and rape and all of that stuff. But outside of that, I mean, in, in all, in all reality out in those situations, you literally have no control. That's not something you have control over anyways. You're not in control of someone raping you, but in every other aspect, you can actually gain control of your life. And you don't have to be, you don't have to live in this world of worry and like, fuck, like I have to, I have to, you know, never have sex again, unless I want a baby um, kind of situation. So that's something that that's, this is something what we're talking about and why we're talking about it in this too, because this is a huge part of it. Super, super true. Um, I feel like we're going to wrap up here because I feel like we could honestly go on forever and ever and ever and ever, and maybe we'll do another episode. You just never know. Um, one thing that I will mention is I am launching another round of my massive holistic hormone, uh, program called the uterus project. Okay. So if you're a woman who does want to take control back, who does want that education, who does want to understand her body. And if you are ready to finally pull the screen back, <laughs> it's like the wizard of Oz, like pull away that big screen. Right. Like, and be like, Oh, it's just a dude. Right. Like actually finally understand your body fully. I will, will link, um, just the information page uh, in the show notes here, and you can go take a peek. And if you have any questions, I promise I don't bite. Um, feel free to follow me question, on Instagram. Jasmine. Yeah. So do you work exclusively with women or do you work also with AFAB who are not on any hormones yet? So like if somebody's transitioning in their appearance, but not doing hormones, are you yeah, working with I, them too? I will work with anybody. If you identify okay. as a woman, if you are a woman, if like a hundred percent, yes. Cause yeah, like they're, they're identifying as a man now, but okay. like, yeah. um, I I've talked to a couple people, but yeah. The um, thing is, is like a hundred percent because you're still dealing with those hormonal things. You aren't on that hormones yet. You're still dealing with that. And one of, I think one of the biggest things too, and this is one of my, this is huge for me too, is if you are having really shitty periods and you already don't feel like you're in the right body. And your body feels like it's like even more so like sabotaging you in a way, right? Cause like you have these awful periods and you feel like shit all the time. It just makes it that much worse. It makes you that much more uncomfortable within that body. So if I can make you have like a two day period while you're on that transition path, while you're working on maybe getting the hormones to transition or you don't want to, and you just want to be in that body, but identify and not be stuck with shitty periods that remind you of like the fact that you're not in the body you want to be in. I'm, I'm here to help. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does that help? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Just as a thing, because, um, yeah. no, yeah. I, I love that question. Yeah. So Just honestly, like I'm, any... I'm about as inclusive as it gets. There's no, there's no judgment here. There's no anything. If you want to come join my groups and learn about your hormones, 
come. If you want to have better periods, come. If you want to learn about birth control, come. If you like, literally, like, I am actually creating a bonus, um, an entire bonus series for partners. So for my women who have partners, right? So my husband is going to work with me and we're actually going to create a bonus series to help their partners who are men navigate this because going on a journey and then like having that other person, like they don't understand. And like, when you start doing this, like you talk about your hormones all the time, you're like my period, like, (laughs) you know, like my boobs, I think I'm ovulated. Like you just talk about a lot of stuff that like, you don't normally talk about. And I remember like, he went through like a lot because I did all of this by myself. I didn't have a group. I didn't have a coach. I had nobody. I I had me. And my, and my courses and I was trial and erring everything. Right. And it was heavy and it was fucking hard. And I had him and he was a great support system, but like, man, <laughs> I am like so grateful because he would just listen. Right. He would literally just listen, but I taught him all about my body, all about my cycle, what he needs to do at certain times of the month when it comes to sex stuff. Right. Like sometimes he'll like pinch my nipples. And I'm like, you know, that I'm not at that point in my cycle right now. You know, I don't like that. What are you doing? <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, I forgot. I'm so sorry. Right. Like, it's just so funny. It's, it's a thing though. And so that's the thing is like inviting that partner, like who is a male who doesn't understand right into the party makes a big difference too. So, yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Inviting your partners is a huge thing. Cause I mean, the more that men know the better too, because I well, mean, they have, guys. they have, with our ebbs and flows of our energy levels, they have to deal with our so yesterday I was talking about all of this. Right. And I was like, yeah, like we talked about this on the podcast, whatever. And he's like, well, like, you know, women can still get like abortions for ectopic pregnancies. Right. And I was like, no, I was like, none at all. Was like that's fucked up. That's a life-threatening emergency. How does that make sense? I was like, it doesn't. No. And he's like, that is so far. And I was like, I know. So I feel like there's a lot of men out there that literally don't actually comprehend the scope of what has happened. Yeah, like yeah. they, they literally don't, they, they just don't understand because they think that it's just like elective abortions. They don't realize that it's all abortions. Well, I think, um, we're going to sign off there. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. And, uh, um, I definitely recommend Jasmine. She's phenomenal. Yes. She's fantastic. Uh, yep. <laughs> so highly recommend even just booking a discovery call with her just to chat and just seriously guys seriously just reach out to her um so thank you guys for listening and uh remember you guys do have power don't feel powerless yes, absolutely mm-hmm. anybody who wants to join us as well reach out we are looking for help in many different ways with what we're doing but we're not ready to announce what we're doing so mm-hmm. if yeah. you have ways that you're wanting to help please reach let us out know to how us. you're wanting to help or if you're just like i want to be there in numbers let us know that too i will also we'll also list um some links to uh different people that different uh different foundations organizations that you can also donate to for the causes with abortion and women's rights um and we'll make sure we put a couple more things for resources in there too as well for you guys Uh, Thanks, guys. Love you guys and have a beautiful day, night, whatever it is that you're what you're doing.